Welcome back to Hoop and Holler. In this final episode of 2019, we'll give our best memories of basketball in this decade and devise a couple interesting trade scenarios. Um, as always, you can catch us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're recording from USC Annenberg Studio B, as always. And of course, catch our written work um, on our media blog, Square One Media, and Julio's stuff can be found on there and on his own blog. You can find that on, uh, on through his Instagram account, at Julio underscore Martinez. That's with two O's and two Z's. So, can we talk about Devontae Graham for a second? I think it warrants a discussion, yeah. Because he's been absolutely crazy this year so far. Um, just to give some numbers, 20 points and 7.5 assists on the year on 43% shooting from deep. That's from that that that's with nine attempts from three a game. Um, he right now he's second in total threes made in the entire NBA and fourth in total assists. That that's such a rare combo. Like we don't we, we rarely see that. He's 85th percentile in points per shot attempt and 95th percentile in assist percentage. I, I mean, I have a whole lot more numbers now, but I don't know what all that meant, but that dude is a baller. I don't like, I, I, I'm not great at following all those numbers, but watching him play, he's a baller. The uh, first thing that comes to my mind is, is if they knew he was going to be this, they, they would have signed Terry Rose Terry Rose I was going to say, that's exactly <laughs> well, like, what I have they, written down. It makes you question that, their scouting. If they knew that he would have been this good, they would have traded Kemba Walker. Like yeah, before last year, yeah, like yeah. It's, to have this in house and not even know it, it's it's good for the the uh, the Hornets, right? Because mm-hmm. you you stumbled upon this really good talent, but at yeah. the same time, how do you not know that he has this sort of potential? And all oh. the all these numbers, this is we got to remember, this is like off the bench right. too. Like, well, he, he's starting now, not, right? No, now but I'm, I'm saying at the beginning of the season, yeah. he was coming off yeah. the bench, yeah. and I watched those games when they played the Lakers and the Clippers, and. Mm-hmm. Man just showed out. No, he's he a showed ball. out. He showed out. It's weird because I don't think there's another dude in the NBA that's shooting, or at least at the volume that he is, better from three than he is from like two point range. Yeah. Like he's shooting forty one percent from three and like or forty three percent from three and forty percent from two, mm-hmm. I which mean, is almost like I read this stop piece, shooting twos. I read this piece on the Ringer where they say Devonte Graham is really just a modernized version of Kemba Walker when he was twenty four. Devontae Graham is 24 right now. Kemba still took a ton of mid-range shots, you know, back in, I think, like 2013, maybe when it was, when he was 24. Devontae Graham's already taking nine threes a game like that. That's already one of the highest volume shooters. And and he's making it at 43%, so right. super high clip. Yeah. Do y'all think that's sustainable, though? I don't see why not. It's already been 20-some games. I, I don't know, but you're you're comparing him to... Like Kemba, all star, all star. Yeah, I mean, I at see, this point, I I'm, had a different comparison. Like, I see some Kemba in him, but I really see more Dame Lillard. Okay, Dame. I was, I was gonna, gonna say, say Dame. I see more I Dame. Say Dame. Yeah. I, I, say put, Dame. I put on my Twitter like Damian Lillard comp, but obviously, you know the Charlotte connection. Yeah, Kemba. At this point, I, I'm almost willing to say he might just be as good as Kemba. No, mm. stop. Like, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I mean, I like because we just haven't seen it f- him do it for as long as we've seen Kemba do it. So that's a little. That's a little out there to you know step yeah. into that realm, but you know it's not outside of the realm of possibility though. To for if he okay. keeps this up, um, like how long does he have to continue performing? A few years, a, <laughs> yeah, a really? year or two yeah. really before years. I'm willing to step out and say he's as good as Kemba. I mean, like it's been like twenty or so games, and yeah, that. But and I mean, think not, Jeremy Lin was good over twenty yeah. or so games. Like a you know season. what I mean? Like we we, we got to at least see it over the course of yeah. the season. Yeah. I mean, it, it to me it looks pretty sustainable, and I mean, by the way, Charlotte is eleven and sixteen, and they're only. One and a half games out of the eight seed, which is basically where Kemba had them That's true. through most of his That's tenure. True. And plus, they got Terry Rozier on his team now, 
and he's like a minus sixty. So yeah, he's, already, like, he's already costing a couple wins from your team. What a what a waste! What a, of a, what a waste of twenty million dollars. I, I, I'm actually working on a on a post right now where you know most my candidates for most improved player, mm-hmm. and of course you got, you got Brogdon, Siakam again, Ingram, Ingram, mm-hmm. uh, and of course Devontae Graham. So it, it it'll be interesting to see um, if these players can you know sustain it throughout the season. Yeah. yeah. But you're watching him, he has all the things that you want in a league guard. Yeah. He can score. He can hit the three ball. He runs the pick and roll very well. Yeah. At, at the, um, and he, he's a, he's a obviously a good passer because he's mm-hmm. averaging 7.6 assists a game. So I don't see why, if you're Charlotte, you don't lock that down now mm-hmm. and, and you build around that for the future. Oh, yeah. you know, it, it, he still has room to improve in his game, obviously, especially from his, his uh, two-point percentages. That's a little weird that he's shooting that low. Um, but as he continues to improve, this is only his second season. There, there's so much potential there. If you're Charlotte, you better lock that down now, yeah. and, and you know make sure that and you try keep to get that in house <laughs> and try to get off Terry Rozier. Yeah, if, yeah. if some if you can <laughs> swing could. that somehow. Yeah. But at this point, I don't know why anyone would take on that contract. I think without most a couple picks. teams and scouts knew that he was a pretty elite passer with like a really good advanced feel for the game since his Kansas days. I don't think anyone thought he could shoot this well from three, and and that's really the difference maker for him right now, because. Uh, yeah, he could improve like his finishing. Like that's where most of his two point percentage can go up. But just the confidence he has to take those pull up threes, step like, back off threes. the dribble threes, like yeah, like off all sorts of different roll. shot yeah. making. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like yeah. combined with his passing skills, exactly. Yeah, it, it was that game uh, that he had against the Nets that made everyone really take notice, right? Because he got he he like again akin to Damian Lillard. That dude yeah. when he gets hot. There's really yeah. nothing you can do because uh, he can pull up from just about anywhere. But um, and I, I mean the the career path makes sense too because coming out of high school he was a two star recruit, so really not heavily recruited at all. I think after his sophomore year transferred to Kansas. I'm, I might be wrong on that, but basically like, he he's one of those underdog stories, and, and um, you know he plays with the chip on his shoulder to get where he's gotten. Looking at this, it seems like he was at Kansas the entire it? time. He it says four years for Kansas, but okay. um. His, I don't know why people wouldn't project him to be a good three-point shooter. I mean, he was shooting 41% from three throughout college. Hmm. Um, I don't think and, anyone saw the shot-making skills, though. I, he was a scorer at Kansas. The, the thing is, and we've had this discussion before uh, privately, me and you, Eddie. I, like, people need to start taking notice of these four-year guys. Yeah, more. They always yeah. want to go for the, like the one-year-and-done potential. Oh, he can do. He the has potential upside. to become this, that, and the other. But you know, this is a guy. You know, he just flat did it in yeah, college, yeah. and you know, now you know, no, you know Charlotte's and, are reaping and, the benefits of it. And, and four-year players come in with more, you know, leadership abilities and right. just maturity. They're just more polished. And, because, and yeah, granted, yeah. they are older, so you know, their 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 prime is going to hit faster. But you know, there, there's no reason for you to they you know, can be. Miss out on a guy like that. They can be solid, dependable, Mm -hmm. you know, player. Uh, Draymond Kuzma. Draymond. Kuzma. Kuzma. Um, Even though I know you don't like Kuzma, but, you know, Graham. Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark. There's there's so many examples of guys who have, you know, been seasoned throughout college and come to the NBA ready to ball. So, Mm -hmm. idea it. At a certain extent, you always want to like look for that potential, and that's really the top end of the draft. But guys like Devontae Graham, there's no reason for him to evolve to the second round. There's no reason mm-hmm. for that, other than the fact that you know people keep wanting to shoot for potential rather than what's actually sitting there in front of their face. Which is, but, I mean, even in limited minutes last year, he wasn't. Like, no, he wasn't. He wasn't bad. really good at all, actually. Like, like his minutes were obviously he didn't get the playing time, and he played around a bunch of 
teammates that weren't good either. But I don't think anyone can say that they saw this. No, no, no. Except for maybe Graham. (laughs) Except for himself, yeah. yeah. But um, outside of that, I'd agree. And I mean, last tidbit, he's one of the league leaders in net rating right now. When he's on on the floor, Charlotte is plus 19.1 with him on the floor. I know you don't like that stat, but I mean, it says something if you're yeah. plus 19, I you suppose. know, on the floor. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. Okay. Anyways, all right. Let's go on. Um, It's almost December 15th. Is it December 15th yet? No, we're a, couple, we're, we're a couple days away from December 15th. Friday the 13th. Which is officially the day that um, teams can start trading players, I think, especially mm-hmm. players that they that they just signed in the offseason. So we devised a couple trade scenarios that we haven't shared with each other yet, but We'll see what we think would fit in terms of player movement and like what teams could use what piece. So I don't know who wants to start off with. Julio has a bunch of them. I, huh. yeah, I got a bunch of them. All right. Um, Just go ahead and rattle them off. So I think, you know, we, we've been talking about or the media has been talking about, you know, Kevin Love to the Portland Trailblazers mm-hmm. okay. a lot. Um, but I'm, I'm going to I'm going to switch it up. Um I'm gonna say Blake Griffin. No, uh <laughs> are you serious? You guys have the same trade. The, well, okay. Who who'd you have? I had Blake Griffin to the Trailblazers. Okay. Who'd you have being sent? Okay, so Blake Griffin is going to the Trailblazers to play with Melo, Dame, and CJ. Mm-hmm. And the Pistons are receiving in return Nurkic, Collins, oh. and Bazemore. And I would do that Ooh. trade. See, I had Whiteside, Collins, and a first rounder. See, but if you if you're the if you're the if Pistons, Detroit, why are you taking Whiteside? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you just take them for for contract matching up reasons. Um, for me, know. I'm taking Nurkic because, I mean, you're gonna choose one in mm-hmm. in between Nurkic and uh, and uh, Andre Drum- Andre Drummond, yeah. um, and this Zach Collins is he, a I I I, is a, I think he has good upside. Is a solid yeah. player, and then Kent Bazemore is just an overall solid solid wing. So Wait, I. So- I I think it's an even trade for both sides and Portland being in the spot that they're in that, you know, they're trying to get back in the hunt. Um, and with Blake, CJ and Dame and Melo, I, I think I think they go for it. I on paper, it, it looks good. Right. And I, I, I don't I know if it fit, it on paper. Exactly. but they're desperate. It would not fit at all. But they're desperate. Like in, in my in my uh, mock trade. I even had them keeping Nurkic would be, probably be mm-hmm. better for them. Yeah. In your mock trade, now you have Whiteside, Blake Griffin, Carmelo. Like, that's just... Well, you don't play Whiteside. Oh. You, in, in these crucial moments and for most minutes of the game, you play Blake at the five. Mm. Hmm. That's interesting. interesting. Um, but yeah, you, you I basically... Know, I know Portland would want to keep Nurkic. Yeah. That's and they'd want to keep <clears throat> Collins. But, I yeah. mean, when you're getting Blake... Like, but Blake's he's let's been struggling not, a bit this he year. He has, but let's not act like Blake's. No, he's a, he's a baller. He's Wait, a, so, yeah. so who did you have in your return? I had Whiteside, Zach Collins, and a first rounder. Hmm. Well, you know, Whiteside is primarily to match contracts. Um, See, it I, depends because, like, like, if it's if it happens this year, that first rounder might be late lottery, or depending on how the lottery shakes. That's why, yeah, that's yeah. why. Um, you know, that first rounder has value to him. If I'm Detroit, I might actually take Collins and the. And the, the first rounder. rounder, yeah, yeah. Um, even if you're taking on white, and the reason uh, you throw the the first rounder in there is because you're taking on white side. Yeah, like, and, yeah, yeah. Um, that contract's kind of a mess mm-hmm. right now, but you know, you can I, do that. Yeah, uh, you know, either either trade I think works. Um, mm-hmm. w- what's your next one? Um, I'm trying to choose one. Um, yeah, how about I'll just I'll just go ahead and share the first one that I have. Mm-hmm. So I have so I mean we talk about Andre Iguodala all the time, right? Is he going to the buy him out? Is he going to the Lakers? Please. Team? You're gonna say Denver? 
No. Oh. But but I'm just like Memphis is adamant that they can squeeze some sort of trade value out of Iguodala. Yeah. And, and I think they can. And, and, to right. me, and to me, there's a perfect fit out there, and that's Miami. So I have Iguodala going to Miami for James Johnson, Derek Jones Jr., and their 20, uh, 2022 second-round pick. And I think, actually, it's funny because Miami has Memphis's 2022 second-round pick, so they'd be mm. trading it back to Memphis. So, um, I mean, really, in this case, it's just Memphis trying to squeeze out any sort of value from Iguodala they can get. and That's a lot of value for Iguodala. I mean, you take yeah, So, basically, James Johnson still has one more year of making, like, yeah. basically dead money I mean, next year. Uh, he, well, he might be an interesting fit in Memphis. Derek Jones Jr. is, like, a he's, 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 he's decent. He's raw. He's it's wrong, one of those, yeah. and then the 2022 second. I mean, it, it's a second round pick. Those those don't have much value at all. To me, Memphis wins that by a mile because it, if you're getting Iguodala for what a year, you're not even you don't even or half a year right? for half a year, yeah. and you're not I mean, really I mean, going to. You're, con- ta- you're taking on an extra year of an expiring like a dead money contract. But yeah, you get Derek and, I mean they're not right? playing Derrick Jones and uh, James Johnson. Yeah, but. Much. I don't know because Derrick Jones just his youth and his potential as value in itself. It's just right, like, and, okay, and then well, you throw the just, second rounder in there. Let's just think of it from Miami's side: is that right now Miami has a lot of like young talent outside of Jimmy Butler. I feel like they could really use another, another like veteran presence that knows how to like calm down a team and like run an offense. They have one, Dion Waiters. <laughs> Stay uh, suspended off the suspended weed. Suspended again for six <laughs> games. I think he he knows how to calm down in other ways. <laughs> yeah, um, or maybe um, not even calm down. But, but. okay. Uh, did you guys want to keep talking about that? I, I, I have another one. I have one. Okay. Um. So this is the between the Magic and the Pelicans. I have the Magic sending Aaron Gordon, some dude named Kem Bur. Kem Birch. Yeah, Kem Birch for uh you know salary reasons, and then a first and a second for Drew Holiday. Because that's really what the Magic are missing right now is a lead guard. And that that's what uh, Markel's not all the way there yet. He's showing flashes, but they could still use a guy, especially you could play both of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know. I think it helps both teams. I, I really like Aaron Gordon's how, fit within that fast pace, you know, once you, you get Zion. How back. do you think that fit is, though, with Zion, Ingram, Actually, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not, Aaron Gordon? I'm not so sure about that. Not in the half court, but yeah, in the no full court. If, yeah. you, if, you okay. could, if you commit to running a fast pace, <laughs> yeah. we grab the ball and we run offense. That uh, that it it doesn't particularly work all that great in the half court, but in the full court, okay. That that's that's yeah. a that's a force to be reckoned with. But like, how many possessions do you really plausibly run? You can create more though. That's what you I'm saying. Can, like, but but even then, like more than I mean, you think about Zion, you think about Ingram, you think about Lonzo, you think about like these are all guys who can off the rebound go by themselves. True. Yeah. Like you don't necessarily have to pass to a guard and you know that that'll ultimately but, slow but you but down. But think about a team like Milwaukee who has Bledsoe and Giannis, you know, the ultimate transition guys. Even then like most of their possessions are in the half court. It's like at some point you have to have some sort of semblance of yeah. a half court offense. Yeah, I, I guess that's why you have Redick. And I'm not saying you start all those dudes, but you know, I, I think just that in itself is a threat to, yeah. that you can. I mean, we talk about the, one of the things that you applaud the Clippers for having is you know different ways that they can mm-hmm. kill you on offense. That's just a different way that this team could kill you on offense, right? Well, they that, have one that, way when they just transition. They, I mean, then you still have Redick. You still have you know the the the. What's, what's Ingram ISO, I guess. Yeah, the Ingram ISO. I mean, I, I think it, it brings a level of youth that they need, and it yeah. brings a level of, you know, just if, if you want to excite the fans, right? Yeah, yeah I, I think mean, that's something that excites add, the fans, and add, Gordon um, has a lot of potential. At Drew Holiday's contract level, because he, he does still have, I think, like three former years on mm-hmm. his deal at, at a pretty high price point, like getting Aaron Gordon out of it is, is a pretty good return. 
like I think team teams are iffy just on mm-hmm. long term contracts for aging players. All right, so my third or my second one, I guess. Um, we going back to Blake. We going, going back, back to, to Blake. Blake. Okay. Okay. We Blake sent- is getting traded. <laughs> uh, we sending him to Boston. Mm. Huh. For Gordon Hayward, Romeo Langford, mm. and Carson Edwards. Mm. I think that's an even trade. I don't know if Boston. You want to get off. You want you you want to get off a wing. You pay Jalen Brown, and you're going to pay Jason Tatum. So you want them to develop without, you know, Gordon Hayward, you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I just too many know. wings. And you put you, – you get you get another big man that you're lacking in, rebounds mm-hmm. and, and all – and a big man who can score, who can go up can solid yeah. against, you know, Embiid, Horford, and all, all – you're going to need him. You're going to need a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's you, interesting. I just don't know if that's the upgrade that Boston wants, though. They're going to have to make an upgrade somehow. Do, right, but I but think, they, I think where, they just want rim protection. They, they don't need an upgrade at, in, at the point guard position oh, yeah, no, or do. at the they wing do. position. But like, I think you can find cheaper. Like, for example, Blake Griffin has a lot more years on his contract for an injury-prone player. And that's, I mean, talk about injury-prone. Gordon Hayward. Yeah, but like Gordon Hayward only has one year. Look, it's a one-year difference. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I would look... To the other guy on the Pistons, I think that's the guy that fits more with the Celtics than Blake would be Andre. Andre, Drummond. If, if they if they could swing Andre Drummond from the Pistons, that makes a little more sense okay. for them than but than bo- Blake. Like, but both of them can't defend at all, like inside. That, that that's just my thing. Boston needs interior defense. That's the, that's the they only just place in my opinion, it's not. Yes, it's about defense, but it's just about a big presence. They don't have a big presence. I feel like they embrace the identity of like not playing a big though. And it and it only like I mean, becomes a glaring hole against like, the team. Like, yeah, and it thing. will. And, like, and the thing about Blake, need... he can play fast with the with the with the wings. True. I just man, like I, I'd rather. I would do it if Steven I was Adams, Boston. If I was Boston, would, would you? Steven Adams would, makes a lot of sense. For would, them. would you do this trade if you were Boston? To boost Jason Tatum, I just and don't Jaylen know about Brown? Blake Griffin as a fit. Yeah, I don't culture wise. I don't see it because Blake is a guy who's always been a number one. I mean, talk about culture. Like, I mean, I mean, he's always been in like not really culture like Boston culture, but just like he's always been in one or two in his career. And if you go to Boston, you really ask him to be a three or a four. Mm-hmm. Three, so yeah, yeah so three it's like I, I don't know. I mean, you're, Kemba's one or two, Tatum's one or two. So it's just like, you're, yeah. at the very least, he's a three. Um, I just don't know if he's willing to step into that role. I, I don't know. I if you're Boston right now, I don't see a need to mess with anything to that extent. I, I that do. Extent. Do you really think they can get past the Sixers? Like they, I think they. There's just, no reason they, that they, they shouldn't see, right they just now. See minor improvements. Yeah, my, like, my, my, I'll see like that. That's like something that'll really shake up the, yeah. the roster. Like think I, of how much like Rashawn Holmes has changed the Sacramento Kings this year. You know, it's like I mean, like folks are not paying attention. Yeah, to him, but, but if like, you traded for him, he wouldn't do anything. Like for the Celtics. would he not though? Like if you he just, wouldn't, if you he, just have a rim running center who can defend the rim, like, you know, like like a Nerlens Noel is out there. Embiid you know? would eat him up. Yeah, Embiid yeah. would eat. Who, who, him who's Embiid not eating up? Yeah, Al Horford. <laughs> they playing chess while we playing checkers. I'm telling you. All right, should um, I throw out, should I yeah, throw out yeah. another deal? Okay, sure. so you were you brought up the Magic, and I and I brought this up with you for a while that. The Warriors and the Magic are really like ideal trading partners because the Warriors have a surplus in D'Lo, which is what Orlando needs in like an elite lead guard that is young. So I'm saying that the Warriors give D'Lo to Orlando with the 2022 first for Jonathan Isaac and Evan Fournier. They ain't going to do that. 
Jonathan Isaac's different. They, like Orlando, you Jonathan you Isaac. So Orlando said like they don't want to give up Jonathan. They basically are hanging up the phone when any team is calling about Jonathan Isaac, as but, they should. But I'm saying like, or they'd rather trade Mo Bamba. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, Jonathan Isaac has more value, obviously. He does, but, but like, but at their current iteration of this team, like, what's Orlando's ceiling? Like right now, they're an eleven and thirteen team. The thing is, and I, I told you this when when you brought this up with me the other day. How many guys like D'Lo can we find? And there's not that many. I'm not, not going to sit up here like, and say there's a like a ton. Oh, I was looking but around. How many league. guys like Jonathan Isaac can we find? Okay, so one, well, maybe well, two. Well, let's talk about D'Lo. So he's young. Yes, he has elite scoring and passing skills. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, as a guard, right? So, it's like, how yeah. many how many players can we find are young, expendable? I mean, the, are elite scores and passers. How many guys can you find that legitimately can defend one through five? And you know, we're we're talking about a defensive player of the year candidate. And, but I'm saying, and like, on a it, basketball we look at it. Court. We were just talking about a guy like Devontae Graham, who you found <clears throat> in the second round. So it's like I, I'd rather take a risk on finding a guy like that than trading, you know, somebody who I won't come across really? again. You I, won't I come mean, across you, a Jonathan you, Isaac. Would again. you make that trade if you were Orlando? I wouldn't. I will. If you're Orlando, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, put yourself in Orlando like, shoes. Like what's Orlando missing? You're missing like someone. Yeah, at but the you're guard you're that you're, you're filling a hole and creating another. Because what happens to that defense if you take okay, Jonathan see, Isaac his, out? His trade when he traded Aaron Gordon, that's mm-hmm. much easier to do when you have a guy like that's true. But like Jonathan Orlando Isaac. wants like youth, right? Controllable youth. Yeah. So why would you trade uh, you uh, one of the you know premier defenders in the NBA right now? That's only like what 21, 22? Mm-hmm. But because it, in, in basketball we talk about right, good offense always beats good defense. Like Orlando's yeah, a top but you can have both. Team right you don't now. have to sacrifice that defense for that offense, and uh, I don't know. To me, it's just like if you do that, you're you're filling one hole and you're creating another gaping one. Because what happens? Because we talk about Orlando as a team that's like right that? there, and they just need that lead guard. If you take out, if you put in that lead guard, but you take out Jonathan Isaac, what happens to that defense? It gets bad. It gets pretty. Vucevic and Gordon. It gets pretty bad. Gordon, Gordon, and it, Gordon D- D'Lo in himself, his own right, is not a good it's defender. Not great, but I'm saying, Markel like, Fultz, Evan Fournier. Now your defense is utter garbage. Like it, the, they have one of <laughs> the, the top defenses in the NBA, and that has everything to do with Jonathan. It Isaac. does, but like they also have the league worst offense. So it has everything to do with the. So would you rather have a top sure. offense and a bad defense, or keep your really good offense and then wait for that? You know, top. To me, like, I wouldn't you, even say get, top offense. I'm saying, if yeah, you get, yeah, you're not getting I'm a top if offense. If you get D'Lo, you have a league average offense and a and you know a little bit better than average defense. So like, now you're an have, average team. I mean, like, what are they now? An average team. I'm saying, like, so like you're trading I'm saying, like, a, if you have pre- offensive upside that's better than defensive upside in basketball because when it comes down to it, good offense beats good defense. Okay, that's so if you're if you're if you're in Orlando's shoes, do you do that? Do you trade Isaac? I think at some point you have to be tired of being a 500. Team. If you're in Orlando's shoes, do you do that? You you have to. No, you don't. Otherwise, you're just no, wasting you the primes of these guys' careers. Now, if D'Lo was on the Lakers and we were talking about, you know, let's trade D'Lo for Jonathan Isaac, would you mean? Would the Lakers want Jonathan Isaac? Who wouldn't want Jonathan Isaac? That that dude is literally, and we haven't even begun. Well, we I'm haven't touched like, the offensive potential. I mean, the only reason why the Warriors can trade D'Lo is that you have Steph and Clay. If he was on any other team, no team would even think about it. This is a young guard that can shoot and pass. Like, let's not forget, like, young lead guards and two-way wings are the two most important See, positions. See, D'Lo is one of my favorite players, and I, I just find it funny how when he was on the Lakers— He's garbage. Well, he wasn't good. I mean, yeah, he, he's the same player. It, it, he just he, he just didn't play as much and didn't have the ball as much. My, well, my theory he was with, is he was with Kobe in his my, last year. My theory is that you can't young talent cannot be developed 
as a Laker because the expectations yeah. are too high. Yeah, and like that, he's that's, the same player. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't say he's the same player just because you know I think the pressure kind of gets to him and that you the demand is for you to be that dude right now. The same thing happened to Lonzo. Same thing happened to Ingram. You know, it's just when you come with those sort of expectations that D'Lo and Lonzo and Ingram came with. I don't think it's that. That's really besides the point. But I, I just don't think that if you're the Magic, it doesn't make sense to trade what yeah, your youth, you know, it, for something that's going to not make your team any better. It makes you it's a better gonna, offense. It's not going to make your team any better? It makes you, you a better offense and a worse defense. And I'll at see, the end of the day, now you're, just, you're still okay, an average like, Not all things are, like, that's not... Not all things not, are created equal, but are the Magic game, really though. a better team without Isaac and plus D'Lo? I, like, I think an elite, a guard that can just create a shot, because right now their offense is Fournier and Vucevic <laughs> post-ups. I'm saying, like, if you have a guard that can open up for, like, everyone on the team, it changes everything. So we, when we look at this year's draft, right, and the, and the amount of lead guards that are available. Oh, Anthony, Melo. But like, it wouldn't be... it make more sense for them to try to package a Vucevic or to try to package a Gordon and trade up and get one of those guys rather than give well, up okay, a guy so... like Jonathan Isaac? Like, I just don't see why you give up on a why guy not, like Jonathan Why not Isaac. trade, like, a guy like Vucevic instead of Isaac? Well, v- Vucevic doesn't have value. Yeah, tra- he doesn't have as much, but or in, Gordon, in, this, in the same Gordon. breath, it's just like, I mean, again, I don't know. When, when you come across talent like that, you don't give it up. That's just my underlying theory. My underlying thing is that when you come across a guy, regardless of whether it's defensive value or offensive value, when you come across a young talent like that, you keep it in house as long as you can. Because if once you give that up, it's something that you go back down the line and you'll regret. But it's like if your team has such an obvious hole and there's such an obvious compliment out there. Like at some point you you can't be content with going eleven and thirteen. You, you don't know, have to be, and you just that's when you say as an organization, let's tr- try to crack down to find us a lead guard. Yeah, but you don't like, have to do it at the expense of the current. Well, team. I mean, like how it, it's impossible. Like, it's not impossible because the 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 the, the, the dog on the Hornets did it. Well, yeah, the Hornets like, found a guy. I'm saying like, how long are you gonna wait till you you know find? find um well i guess it all depends on how confident you are in your scouting organization if if you're confident in your scouts and you say we we can find the guy and it's like it's hard to like even if you have like a top five pick you know it's hard to take a draft pick and you know hit on it you know like it's difficult like d'lo is proven young talent out there i mean that's why building a championship team is so hard but it's like if you want to build a better orlando Orlando is i mean i'm not going to say they're close to building a championship team (laughs) but like look like d'lo is such a good fit for what you're trying to do but but no, I mean, what are they trying to do offensively? There's no like well, I mean, specific direction be, that they're trying to go. But they what well, they've no, committed to is the identity of being a really good defensive. But team. I mean, they're trying to be competent, and right now on their team, you and know, like they eight, are competent. And you have like eight. They're they're, they're like what the seventh or eighth seed. I mean, they're eleven and thirteen in the eighth seed. So if you're if you're at the eighth seed and you can compete like that purely off of defense. Why do you go and get a guy like D'Lo? Because you have no offensive upside. That's their ceiling right and now. And if you can find offensive upside, well, I, I'd, okay, rather, like, I'd rather I'd rather bet on myself okay, finding offensive like, upside than saying I'm going to give up one of the premier defenders in the NBA that's only 21 years old, that has immense offensive potential as well as defensive potential. I, why would you do that? That just doesn't make sense for you to do. Is is get you're, you're selling yourself short when you do that. And you, uh, you're, I mean, as I'm, an organization, a, if you do that, you're saying that I don't have confidence in my scouting department to find a dude. I mean, I'm going to go to Julio on this, but I feel like it's easier to take any guy in the NBA with like athletic skills and mold him into like a league average defender. Yeah, but we're not talking about a league average defender. Hold on, hold on. Where it's like, you don't like he's not a whole defensively. You don't you can't just find any dude and turn him into a lead guard offensively. As long as you have other good defensive players around him. 
and and they will like they what, have what so, is what they have what, so what many defense do they have bes- right beyond Jonathan Isaac? They what Aaron oh, Gordon? He's he's above average. He's an above average defender. He is. He is. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, like by the numbers, he has a potential. He has a potential. No, I mean, he's, he's a great athlete, but you know, to no, me, when numbers, I think of when I think of Gordon, I think of you know, good, not great defender. I think of Vucevic, subpar de- defender. Vucevic, subpar. You know, yeah, Mobamba can be you know molded. Mobamba. Yeah, I mean, they, what what have we seen from Mobamba that would indicate anything of, towards him being a defender? I mean, again, besides what he, like his size. So again, at this time last year, we'd be t- saying the same thing about Jonathan Isaac. No, you at were this, not saying that. No, you, at this time I literally, last year, he wasn't getting playing time. He was still coming back from injury. I mean, Mo Bamba gets playing time and doesn't do doesn't anything with it. Like, he's still coming, recovering from the stress fracture. Regardless of that, I just it, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, again, as I mean, an organization, have, if you, you trade young a, talent like that, you're saying that you're committing to winning now, and if you get D'Lo, your your ceiling is still limited. If you, you only, the only reason you do that, if you say, okay, we're making a championship push right now. And you you can't and do that are. if you get they've been they've been right there they've been I mean like again like not not all teams can be like championship teams but you can elevate your team so much all right does it elevate them so much all right let, let's move on let's move on I have um, one more that I, would I like think to. again like off like we're, we're forgetting how valuable offense is I'm not forgetting how valuable offense I think you're forgetting how valuable young talent is. D'Lo is young talent. D'Lo's what, 20? Yeah. He's, he's 24. 24? He's 24. I mean, but dude, That's how old is Isaac? He's 21. 21. But I mean, 21? He's doing all that. He's arguably the best defender in the NBA right now at 21, and you trade him? And you get D'Lo for the entirety of his prime and then some. No. All, right. all right, let's move on. Let's move on. Can I do my Lakers trade? Yeah. This is actually a Lakers Warriors. You'll enjoy this. Troy Daniels, future first round pick. For Alex so, okay, what's future first round pick here? I mean, you 20, know, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, way, way, twenty, yeah. What what's, for Alec Burks? What, what, what's his three point shooting percentage? Thirty five. Mm-hmm. So it's not great, but what I see in Alec Burks is somebody who can create offensively by themselves, and we don't really have that beyond LeBron and AD. Mm-hmm. That's actually not a bad I, deal. And for see, both sides. if you want that, how is he as a defender? He can be. Uh, yeah, he's like he's yeah. I would, but see, I, and if that's the case, wouldn't you rather just pick up Jamal Crawford? No. <sighs> I, Jamal, I, I don't. Like, I don't. He draw. He averaged like twenty eight in his last one of his last months. I, I just like for me, I don't know what he looks like right now. I I can't make that. He dropped sixty. I mean, okay, Jamal's like a legitimate hole defensively, and he. That's why I was asking, like, how is Alec? I mean, no, Alex, Alex, Alex like he's com- he's like not great, but he's not bad. He, he's like he's competent, like okay. especially in the Lakers with his Troy D- Troy him. Daniels is, is garbage. A- he can leave. He can leave. He can. Leave. <laughs> I'm done. I'm like, if you're like, yeah, to, to me, we got Troy yeah. Daniels to no, stand Vo- in the corner and, and shoot Vogel, the open threes. Vogel's trying to give him opportunities too. Like, he's, he's if not he's not hitting out. open threes, it's then he's just. Out. I yeah. mean, Alec Brooks has been like, no, he he gets points for you. Like, if you have if he's going one on, basically he's gonna. Be like the Kuzma y'all wanted Kuzma to be. Like he'll get you a bucket Whoa, when you want the a disrespect. Bucket. It's like you're like, gonna act like Kuzma's not. I mean, he's like, inconsistent. He's inconsistent. But I'm saying like if you put the ball in Alex Burke's hand and you just have him one on one, like he's a threat to get nah. a bucket. Like he has. And I think that's what we need right now. Um, and I, see, I, I still think Kuzma can get there, but I'd rather have it right now too. See, I thought you were gonna go Lakers in Memphis to try to get Jay Jay Crowder. That's another interesting one, but the salary just a. No, I made it work honestly, out. I made it work out. Okay, oh, did you yeah. did you throw Contavious in there? No. Okay, all right. Because I kind of want to keep Contavious. I won't right say now. right now, but I'll, I'll say it afterwards. But my next trade is actually, um, you know, Miami. Miami's kind of like 
I kind of compare them to the Rockets in a sense where they're always like hungry for talent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there were rumors going around of DeMar DeRozan. Um, mm. and that would not be smart. Miami does not need to touch anything substantial in, in their team right now. I wouldn't mess with that. But I sent DeMar to, to Miami for James Johnson and Myers, uh, Myers Leonard. Now, if the shoot, if the Spurs would do that just for DeMar DeRozan, like you take that just because it's like. I feel like you're you not giving up a whole lot. DeMar. But yeah, like at like this me. point, like, what value does DeMar have? Exactly. I don't so know if, I don't it's kind of if, even on both sides. I don't even know if Miami would do that, though, with how would, good they've You been. wouldn't? No. If if DeMar DeRozan were willing to come off the bench, maybe, but I don't know if he's willing oh, to do I that. I doubt it. I, yeah, I, yeah I, I doubt he's willing to I mean, do like, that at this Miami's point. Miami's offense is predicated on, like, versatility, like dribble handoffs. Yeah. And, like... The ability to create and and th things things change when when uh, Kendrick Nunn and uh, Tyler Hero started playing well too. Hey, I I just don't I don't know why Miami would mess with anything that they're doing right now. Like I, when when you do something like Iguodala, it makes sense because it's not really it's you know complimentary. Right? Yeah, it's not conflicting with anything. That, but Demar, that's like a really substantial move that's going to affect the way you play basketball as a team. So I I don't know if Miami would want to do that. Yeah, I feel that. What's, um, your, what's your Jay Crowder deal? I'm curious about it. Uh, Jay Crowder to the Lakers for um, so Memphis obviously not having a great year they're not obviously not going to get in the playoffs uh -huh. um, so why not take on uh, a contract that you know uh, yeah. like Boogie okay that yeah, yeah. is going to fall off mm -hmm. it's going to it's just expiring, expiring contract, contract. are that, we allowed to trade Boogie yeah yeah oh. so we're going to trade Boogie Troy Daniels and Quinn Cook. Just for Jay Crowder. For Jay Crowder. Ooh, man. I, I feel like Memphis would want some sort of draft. And a draft pick. And a draft uh, pick. Like a second. Just throw, throw him a second round draft pick. I'm I'm making that trade if I'm LA. Although, like, I feel like Jay Crowder I, might be hot. The only, like, the only reason I have a problem with it is because I love I love Quinn Cook. And, like, you can tell in the locker room he yeah he's, those, those he's are, big with LeBron like and Quinn AD. Those are, those and, are, like, he plays hard and he can get hot at any moment. So you said Quinn Cook... Uh, Troy Daniels. So I, I just don't see th those are two dudes. That I just don't see the Lakers parting ways with. The are, reason I feel confident in sending them away is because Rondo. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say I, I don't feel confident in you know what our team would be without him. I just don't see like you said, Quinn Cook is a very well liked dude. Um, and so is Demarcus Cousins. Like if Demarcus Cousins, like he's like yeah, Demarcus. Yeah. yeah, but he's been like riding with the team everywhere. Like he's at all the games. Like you know what I mean. I just don't see like from a culture standpoint but, if the Lakers are willing to step you, out and do that. Don't you think like uh, all right? So the we'd Lakers, be a better the, team the, for it. The Lakers, I just don't know. That's why the Lakers have been clamoring. Like we need that that one player, like Eagle Dollar. Don't you think Jay Crowder would? No, be, like, it makes sense. Man, I just Crowder's don't like know the if Walmart the, version of Eagle Dollar. If that's what I mean, mean, he'd be a good like he, back, a good like plan B, he's a good defender. But people are still convinced he can shoot, but he can't shoot. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't. I don't like, know if they would people, do it. Like he's would, you, would you do it? I would. <laughs> is it is it worth the upgrade for them? Like I yes. I yes. mean, like, do they need any more defensive like fortification? But before the season, everybody was like, I don't know about this team defensively. I mean, well, now we're we good know. in now the, we know. we're good in the paint. We're not good. We're not good. I mean. But you were talking about Avery Bradley as in, like, I'm he but like, wasn't... But, like, I'll admit it. Like, this year, he's actually been, like, a plus for them. That's what I'm... Like, why not add another element? But it's like, you give up. You gonna need against Paul George, Kawhi, 
Harden, Rut, like but then Donovan like, Mitchell, on the opposite, and he's shooting like he's a thirty percent three point shooter. To me, I, here, here's something that makes sense: is waiting for a buyout candidate in Trevor Ariza mm. rather than you know giving up the actual pieces for a guy like Jay Crowder because. Trevor Ariza just kind of makes sense, even though he's on the, the age side. He can shoot, he can defend, he's switchable. Um, I just, you know, from a culture standpoint, I just don't know if the Lakers are willing to step out and trade guys that have been integral to what's been a very positive, fun culture so far. Yeah. And I feel like if you mess with that, yeah. especially no, when it's no, been I, working. I feel that. That's uh, why Quinn Cook was kind of tough for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had another one, uh, J.J. Redick to the Utah Jazz. Ooh. Mm. Uh, you know the Pelicans wanted to make a push to get in the playoffs, but obviously that's knowing not, that yeah. that's not gonna, probably not going to happen, um, they might want to get off uh, JJ Redick and probably get a better draft pick. So JJ Redick to the Utah Jazz for uh, Dante Exum, George Niang, and Jeff Green. Hmm. I, I don't think Utah it, still wants to part ways with Dante Exum. Why not? It's like I just like they, from what I know of Utah or what I've read about them is that like they still believe in him. Oh my okay, but that that's just because like if he gets it together, like he can still be something. He's just so injury prone. Yeah. Like I I don't like putting the injury prone label on guys because it's really just like circumstantial. It happens or it doesn't. But his body might he literally not be equipped to play. But basketball. why not? And, and and these aren't players that are gonna make the Pelicans better. It's just gonna make them get a better draft pick. And set True. them up better for the future. True. How much they value that, and JJ Redick is just an obvious addition. JJ Redick would be a, I mean, he's Utah because they they have good defenders, and it's so, like they play a motion offense, which is perfect. So I mean, I think that trade would be Maybe. would be perfect. Interesting. Hmm. Here I got one last one, and you know I love three team deals that make teams just marginally better, but they're mm-hmm. just fun to me. So what I got going on is Houston gets Marvin Williams. Um, the Hornets, or sorry, the Grizzlies get Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, and Ryan Anderson. The Hornets get Solomon Hill, Nene, Josh Jackson, a Rockets first round pick, and a Phoenix second wait, round pick. Wait, 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 wait. You're going to have to repeat. So they get back. So who do you want me to repeat? The Hornets? The, the, everything, everything. Everything. So the Rock, So the Rockets get Marvin Williams. They get a stretch big, which is the one thing they've been missing throughout this entire run. A, a big that can stretch the floor okay. for them. The Grizzlies get Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, which is, you know, are you betting on upside there? And Ryan Anderson contract filler, and then the Hornets get Solomon Hill, which is basically salary dump from Memphis's part. Nene and jo- uh, Solomon Hill and Josh Jackson from Memphis salary dumps. Nene from Houston salary dump, but a Rockets first round pick and Phoenix's second round pick that is in Memphis's hands right now. I don't know why Memphis would do that. I mean, I think the Memphis's sake, all, you you give up Solomon Hill and Josh Jackson, and then you get. Perhaps young upside and Mike, not upside, but he like not, a, an no. interesting guy. On is that he team even young? He's like 28. He's 26. Think, 26. He's 26. Yeah. And I mean, like defensively, like you might want to try that out. Like, is he better than Kyle Anderson right now? Kyle no, Anderson is just. He's uh, not better than Kyle Anderson. He's, he's all around he, solid. He, yeah, he's. Kyle he's Anderson's slow. good at so many things, but he's not great at anything. Honestly, like for me, like I was just looking at Marvin Williams' trades because I feel like he's a dude that still has value to teams. Because, I mean, He's a no, career, I, I think I think he definitely has value, career, and like, that Houston could really use. Yeah, him. I mean he's a career thirty eight percent shooter. Yeah, no, you know, I agree with that. He's big, you know, he stretches the floor. So marginal upgrades. Another one I had was uh, JJ Redick to Dallas. Okay. Um, and you know, again, Dallas. going back to Pelicans, not you know wanting to position themselves better for the draft or whatever, and for the future, just getting Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee. I was going to say, I was trying to make something work with Courtney Lee. Yeah. I feel yeah. like he can still be good somewhere. I don't know why they're not playing. He can, but, I mean, 
he's not going to play all that much. They want to give the time to Lonzo, B.I., and all them, yeah. and Drew. Uh, but I, I think that'd be perfect for Dallas. Hmm. Off the ball shooter yeah. for Luka and, and KP. Yeah. I was actually trying to work something out where Dallas gets like a good wing player because right now their best wing player is Tim Hardaway. Yeah, Tim Hardaway. He's not good. Yeah. Anyway, segueing to news and NBA news around the league. So first off, prayers up for former commissioner David Stern. Suffered a brain hemorrhage, um, had to undergo emergency surgery. Um, hopefully, you know, hope the best for him. He's such a such a colorful character, even though he gets, he has such mixed opinions around the league, it seems. Basketball. But, um, Luka Doncic is now at 20 games in a row of 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, which is just adding on to the um, league record that was set by, I think, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. I, it's like it's kind of like an arbitrary stat marker, but still interesting. There's so many random yeah, the, things really, that yeah. come up on ESPN. But it's, I mean, think, yeah. if you think about it, it's still pretty impressive. Like it is. 25, it 5, is. 20 games it in is. a row. Um, all right. Uh, earlier in the week, Miami against the Hawks, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo both had triple doubles in the same game in an overtime win. But what nobody talks about is that two other players combined for like yeah. 70, right? Kendrick Nunn and um Duncan Robinson. Yeah, that three points. <laughs> that that team they 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 you can tell that they have a vibe with each other. They, they do other. and you can tell that they're they, going to play hard, surprise people, they're going to be a tough out, but the only thing is that you can tell that they have a ceiling. That's the only that's thing. That's, that's the only thing. Yeah. I just lack of time. That's the only I, I, reason why I would make a trade. I just when when I when I look at that team, like you said, they're gonna be a very tough out because when when they get down to it, like they I don't know if you saw the video with uh Tyler Hero and uh Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, they're all yeah. messing around. Yeah. But when they get down to it and it's down to the nitty gritty, they're going to be such a tough out in the playoffs. Yeah, because that that team is going to grind it out. That's, that's Jimmy. That that's the perfect team for Jimmy. I, I I wasn't sure if Jimmy could have fit in anywhere, but that that's the one place where I yeah. think it's going to work. And yeah. I just threw that in there because I wanted to highlight Bam out of bio because oh Bam he, he he's can. trending to be an all star this year and you know he trending as one of the better players in the NBA going forward. Just just the versatility in his skill set. Hmm. Um, all right, last thing, Milwaukee and the Lakers both at 22-3 and three right now, which, you know, in, in this year when we thought it'd be a ton of parity in the league, they're on, you know, a 68-win pace, I think, which is pretty historic, mm. you know, like— I, I, know, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I, I just don't want people pressuring the Lakers to try to get that record. I mean, I know, I know we don't care about regular season records anymore because the Warriors, you know, ruined it for everyone, but— like it still it still has to mean something, right? No, no, it no. I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything, but that should never be your number one, like your number one priority to try to get that record. True. It shouldn't. It, it should no, no, it shouldn't. But I'm saying like it because I remember the Warriors that year. They were playing. Like, of course, they were Steph exhausted. like 40 yeah. minutes in one of the last. Yeah. Like, that's just. I mean, it came back to bite them, but would the Warriors did. have it any other way? I, I saw something the other day that's like LeBron is averaging the lowest, least assists. Le- I mean, minutes, minutes yeah, per, game. per game of his entire and career. And AD's averaging the third, the third. That's uh, how lowest. you load manage. Yeah, you load manage by dominating. You dominate? and Stepping off the court. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Kawhi, <laughs> but um, Paul. Moving on. Okay, yeah, let's. Um, Mm, to mm, wrap mm. up this decade, you know, I'm last, so excited for this. La- last week we were doing our uh, all decade all NBA players. This this week we're doing something a little more personal. So I'm um, talking about the top moments this decade. Top three. I have too many. I have too many. Too many. I had. A, I did have to consider a lot, but at, at the end of the day, I narrowed I it down to three. three. All right. So uh, do we want to go, go three, two, one? Or I didn't really rank them, but I mean, I'll let you start with what you got. Yeah. All right. I'll just start with my favorite one. 
Um, it has to be, in my opinion, Kyrie. Huh. The shot game seven. Okay, uh, over Steph. Like I that's be Kobe just related. Nah, Kobe related. I mean, it's ju- it's just the stage for me. The, okay. the stage yeah. and you know the that moment that step back and he he's hit so many of those mm-hmm. afterwards yeah. and people take notice. Mm-hmm. But it's it's I just get chills when whenever I watch that. Um, yeah, it, that that's my number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got you. Um, my number one. You know. I, when I when I went down my road, it, it was less about the meaning behind the moments and more of the uh, the personal of what it meant to me. Uh, so Kobe Bryant's final game, mm-hmm. I'll never forget. That was the same night that the Warriors won seventy three. Yeah. yeah, I did not care. I, I was not watching that game. I had my eyes glued to and Kobe Bryant. Can you believe they put? I, I'm sorry, but which to, in my opinion, which one means more? I think it was the Kobe hold game. Wait, hold on. They put and the they, Kobe. Put, they put no. Kobe. No, they no, no, put no, that no, game no. on ESPN, too. No, they put the Kobe game on ESPN. The Warriors game was on oh, ESPN, Oh, the Warriors too. game was yeah. ESPN, no, I remember too? vividly because, oh. like, they, they had to alt Because I was alternating okay. between both. Okay, 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 okay. And I was like, and ultimately, was, you know, the the, the, the Kobe, Okay, then that that's the, the right the decision. The Kobe media. You look, yeah. you look at the the, the, the the everything that surrounded the game. Uh, that, that stadium was packed. All the celebrities came out. Jay-Z, Snoop, Magic was there. Everyone was giving Kobe his props. The Jazz... Did not know whether or not they, they were, were going to make, to the, make playoffs. the playoffs. They were that defending. game that, was going to determine you. whether Thank or not you. they were going to make the playoffs. They were out there fighting. Thank Gordon you. Hayward, Thank Derek you. Favors, Rudy Gobert, they're out there I, grinding for that win. And Kobe Bryant dropped 60 points on not like terrible shooting. He's at his shooting percentage. It's not like he just jacked up shots all game. His shooting percentage was not that bad. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was you know, I hate 40 that something. narrative. And, I hate that narrative that they just gave Kobe the Every yeah, like, they oh, let him. Yeah. They let him. Kobe make every Bryant shot. went out. They there. were trying to make no, 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 the playoffs. Were, I mean, like the they Lakers, were trying to make the, the Lakers playoffs. Were feeding him shots. No, no, no I'm talking about we're talking no, about the Lakers were feeding him shots. But it's not like the Jazz were just letting him buy. Yeah, but yo, know, Kobe. Like, I hate that. That was that was the epitome because I was a little bit young to to see prime Kobe. I was I was like eight or nine, but that in itself was just. After what what had been a very long and frustrating season, yeah. there was no was like ending. there was yeah. no hope for the future. We weren't quite sure where we were trending as a franchise. That moment in itself just meant so much to just say, man, what a tribute to a great player. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever seen anyone go out like that, and Hell I'm not no. sure if we'll ever see anyone Never, go out like that. Since. Ever uh, that that dude on his and, very last legs, and, you know, put out a, a performance. And for the, the ages. Th- and the thing about it, he struggled. Like uh, in the in the first half, yeah. Like he, no, it's not it, like it was, he had was thirty already. and thirty. No, yeah, it was he, the second that half. second half was and, and crazy. Just looking at him, he the, looked it, it embodied dark. Mamba mentality because I you. could tell it wasn't about let me go score sixty, let me go, let me go, like just put up all these points. It was he about I'm not going out on a loss. Yes, sir. I'm not going out on yes, a loss, sir. and he did everything, and that was the embodiment of Mamba mentality because it was like at the end of the day. What he did as a what he was as a basketball player, he wasn't a selfish basketball player. What he was was somebody that refused to lose, and he would put the onus on himself. He said, "I'm going to be the one that will win this basketball game because I am the person and that's best thought, suited for it." Thank you. And, and I, like, that that win, is yeah. Mamba mentality in itself. Yeah. That that was that game. If if my kid asked me one day, "What does Mamba mentality mean?" I'm go saying go watch, watch Kobe's go last watch, game. Go, go watch. watch Kobe's last game. That's my mentality. And you you see him on the bench after. <laughs> yeah, no, he was he was like, uh, absolutely dead. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, Eddie. All right, my my first moment. It's not ranked, but Lin Sanity. Yeah, I thought you the, might have it. Against yeah. the yeah. Raptor. Oh, it's not There's a no, moment. Just all, okay. Yeah. I was like, I mean, this is my point. It's like, has an athlete ever captured like the attention of the entire sports world like Jeremy Lin did in those two weeks? 
Tebow, but you know, I, I see now your you point. know we're, we're the entire sports world and you know the covers of tabloids and like even you know like the 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 non sports like Asian people I grew up around were talking about him yeah. and they didn't care about basketball at all. You know, he was this he was like the great Asian hope, you know, from the Bay Area who yeah. went to Harvard. It was like I mean it was crazy. Like there's I don't think you know, ever since I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Okay. Where we're it just like that attention that them yeah. the, that like that gravitated toward Jeremy Lin. Yeah. I just hate how he's he, his career trended since then because he's a better basketball. He, he deserves to be in the NBA in my eyes. Um, but yeah, that that was it was it was just crazy because it was like man, you have Melo right there, but here's this he was this, here's this dude who comes out of nowhere who's taking like, even when Melo came, back, came he's, back, he's, he's taking game jumped, winning yeah. shots like it, yeah. you know. And, like, he he um he kind of pulled at the heartstrings of New York fans more than Melo ever did, and Melo yeah. was a New York guy and the star. Do you, you know. Do you, the, the first thing I think of when I think of Jeremy Lin is waving off Kobe. It, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, like that. that, that when I, I was when like, I, you gotta I, have like, confidence. When I think of, and I, I talk about my mentality like that. When I I see it right there, it's That's like crazy. You, when you have the 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 balls to say, you know what? I don't think anyone else deserves this That's shot respect. but me. That I mean, That's that respect. that dude. Yeah, I I, I respect, respect the hell out of Jeremy. Um, Lin. my next my next moment was gonna be the Kobe thing, but let mm-hmm. me pivot to another moment. Um, again, not. A favorite of mine, um, just because I was rooting for the Spurs, mm-hmm. but that Ray Allen, Ray Allen shot, shot that that was cra- yeah. that, that was ice. I was ice cold. Yeah. All I remember was seeing the footage of the fans who exited the stadium and trying to run. Yeah, it was like, bro, what? Let me back in. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't a huge LeBron fan just because. See, that's funny. It's not a product of LeBron. It was more a product of the, of the media. Like, like not saying that Kobe was garbage, but like. Just putting him at at the you know top of the NBA whatever automatically it's funny because but, your first two moments are two players that kind of you know bailed out LeBron in his championship record. Just I wouldn't say bailed out, just but throwing that out there. Kyrie's one of my favorite players. I mean, you could say the same. I mean, I mean let me stop because we'll, we'll go down that rabbit hole all day. Um, my next one was the uh, not really a basketball moment, but just the day LeBron James signed with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. That's when I knew. Everything was gonna be okay. I was like, you know, despite all this garbage that has went down for the past, you know, five six years, everything is going to be all right. We got LeBron. You know, you know when you get LeBron, the people are coming. Even though that first season was a struggle, you know, in that moment, I just knew, you know, even though Demarcus Cousins had went and signed with the Warriors either the same day or the next day, it was just like everything's gonna be fine. When 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 that happened, I actually like threw a fit. I was like. What? <laughs> I mean, he didn't even have the impact that we all thought he would. Well, cause, I mean, he was his hindsight's twenty twenty, but it, at, in in that moment, I'm just like, okay, all right, Everything's we're okay, gonna cool. we're gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, and that that just gave me, you know, the, the the peace of mind that I needed as a Lakers fan to be like, because I was still wasn't sure, like, is Lonzo gonna be good? Is is uh, you know, Ingram gonna be good? We don't know. And it's like, okay, we got LeBron. You were pretty sure back then they were gonna be good, but. Oh, I, I'm always going to portray confidence in any situation. <laughs> All right, Eddie? That's my mentality, I guess. Uh, so my, my next moment is KD joining the Warriors in the day. Oh. Like that. I thought you were going to say KD's shot against. No, because like that moment okay. was huge. That first one, at least. At least, okay, for me, the basketball product when KD was on the floor. Got worse, Warriors, right? That's kind of it surprising. Just, it wasn't as exciting to me. To me, it, like, it, it was, was winning, but it wasn't as exciting. I love ISO. Like. Yeah, and I mean like, and I know a lot of people don't, but I mean I don't like James Hart. It's a different kind of ISO. I feel you. Like, I just I mean, K- Katie's kind of in that old vein of you know. One I love one. yeah, but 
So that's surprising to me that he him him coming to the Warriors because it was it was such a momentous moment. Like I remember that was July fourth, and when that happened, like the local Bay shit. Area channels were just like twenty four seven coverage. Like um, the the Giants, the baseball team, were playing a game. And the day that it happened, they ushered Kevin Durant into the broadcast booth of the Giants game and had him talk with the with the baseball broadcasters mm. about it. Like these two <laughs> things never interconnect, but it was such a big deal that they just had to give him television time. And um, it, it just re- it seems so ridiculous at the moment. Like there couldn't have been yeah, a, a perfect I, that's fit. Just, I did like, not think that fit. that would happen until it did. I was like, there's no way. There's no way. The Knicks, the Wizards. There's no way that he goes to the Warriors. And then, That's like, just I mean, silly. The, the added personal element, like he also was one of like my mom's favorite players before like the Warriors blew up when he was on the Thunder. And, and it just seemed like too crazy that I was like, you know, one of her favorite players was on her favorite team now. You know, another moment I thought it, you were going to mention is Clay Thompson's game six game yeah. against the against yeah. the Thunder. Um, actually that's funny that's a crazy game I didn't even think about Um, that but I probably would I I probably would put it there if it led to like you know the finals win at the end uh my my next moment ish whatever um, is I mean I I have a few but I'm gonna go I want to give love to Kobe just because he's my favorite player of all Mm -hmm. time that game against the Raptors I watched it live he hit like five clutch shots in a row yeah (laughs) <laughs> with two players on him. Are you talking about the eighty-one point game? No, 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 That wasn't. No, 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 no. The the uh, I forgot what year it was. I think it was 2011-2012 No, no. Actually, he got hurt in twenty thirteen, so it was twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it was that season. He was willing his team. Oh yeah. We're he's, out of the playoffs. He's, like he's willing years. his team back into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he gets hurt. Like, that was a Dwight, game, Dwight game, year, right? Yeah, games after that, but. Um, please go watch that game against the Raptors. He hits like four clutch shots I mean, in a that, row. That's Kobe for you. And it's, and it's crazy. Um, um, my, la- my my next one was, uh, you know, this one's really personal. And I was never like the biggest Derrick Rose fan. <laughs> I had that one too. But Derrick Rose dropping 50. Oh. No. The, the, yeah, the, the day he dropped 50 when okay. he was in Minnesota. Okay. And just the, the raw emotion that that yeah. came out of him in that interview after the game that was just like just to know what he had been through from getting traded from his home city that he wanted to represent so much mm-hmm. that team trading him to New York New York kind of tossing him aside going to Cleveland dude's damn near out the league mm-hmm. right goes to Minnesota and to, for him to have done that and you know just just the, the raw emotion spilling out of him in that moment you know I, after I broke my leg going into my senior year I looked for. I was always looking for that moment that I could just say, you know, I came back, and it never really happened for me, and that that's okay. I've made peace with that, mm-hmm. but to see that happen for somebody else, that that was that was just that it meant so much because it's like, man, after everything that he's gone through, for him to still be out here hooping the way he is, mm-hmm. to to play as at the level that he's at right now, even in Detroit right now, he's playing very well. Um, just to see him come back from that, even though he's not the same, he's not the same athlete. He doesn't have the same stapled, burst. He doesn't yeah. have the same bounce. He, he figured him. out a way. It stapled him he as a legitimate, a like you know, point yeah. guard in the NBA. And the, that 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 meant a lot. That meant a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I thought you were gonna say the game winner. Nah, yes. yeah. I, I, I like I said, I wasn't the biggest Derrick Rose fan. I was just like, you know, I mean, I haven't wore his shoes. It was just like I wasn't following his career yeah. like that. But just. You know, uh, you always like the comeback stories yeah. of people, right. and that, that was my last moment. Which I've been going back and forth with Reagan on this was the entire seventy-three and nine win season of the Warriors, and like to me, as a fan, no, I to me it will creatures, like forever yeah. be 
like even, like personally really and, you and you cared about that really? oh absolutely it was the greatest sport it was the greatest thrill ride in sports history to me we've never seen a team weaponize joy and like channel that chip on their shoulder with the dynamic mix of talent that that team had like we we've never seen it and it's like it's not just me like the entire basketball world was fixated on Steph was fixated on the Warriors you know like how how fun they looked when they play you know like how just how dynamic how it's like momentous they were and it's like of course the whole thing with the season was that they were chasing history but it was more than just chasing a record because you know like Milwaukee and the Lakers are like have really good records right uh-huh. now but it was just like how they played was, basketball was that the season Steph uh unanimous mvp right yeah and that's the season the when he started he started off like just he scored like 60 insane in yeah. like four insane. straight yeah see I, I i always debate with you on this right because you know at the end of the day the championship is what me i means most to me but i'm not going to try to take that away from you as a fan like mm-hmm. i'm sure as a fan that meant so much to see that team go out there and dominate night in and night out i'm not going to try to take that away from you like that mm-hmm. you, you have every right um you know as as a fan to appreciate that i'm saying from my perspective Right. Mm-hmm. I don't have as much appreciation for it because I know what happened afterward. But from your perspective, that 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 that, you know, the, the, the yeah, amount of fun that, that ride. Well, it kind of well, OK, it. so here's a, here's here's what I think is that when we go back in a few years and 10 years, however long and people are asking what was Warriors basketball during this dynasty? Like to me, I feel like you have to point toward how they played basketball that year as that. I, I, I wouldn't dispute that. No, I wouldn't dispute that. Yeah, and, and, and that's how people are going to think about it. Like, you know, watch film of that season. That's Warriors basketball for you right there. Yeah, uh, that, that was my last. So I'm, I, I want to highlight two other ones. I yeah. cannot like just not mention Kawhi. The shot, uh, the Eastern shot. Conference. I, I was, I, I was at a, I was at yeah. a Target, and I, I was watching it live, and I was like, I yelled, "What the." <laughs> it was crazy. It was, I, yeah, I was, it was insane. I was on a cruise. And I didn't even know if I was and, gonna be able to watch it. And, and I it's was, like it's one of those moments you, you remember, remember where, where you were. At. At. I, yeah. I was it, on a cruise crazy. with my friends. It was my senior trip. And, and then and then the other moment I want to mention is bronze dunk on uh, Jason Terry. Yeah, that was that was wild. That was, that was see, wild. I had a different dunk. I had the DeAndre Jordan alley oop over Brandon Knight. Oh, oh, oh okay. my god! Because <laughs> I, 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 every time I I can never watch that without wincing. Just like because he literally is he like palmed it and threw it through. Like I've never seen anything like it where he just like just threw it through the disrespect. Like it was just like and then he goes and he looks like this after the fact. It was just that was and, just like the epitome of what Lob City was. Yeah. To me. it was just like oh my god. One other event, uh, really quickly. Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine. Yeah, oh, I didn't contest. even think about that. Like that, the dunk contest is like, there's one good dunker, the obvious winner has whatever, but that one was. That's like, a really who's gonna one. win? Oh, yeah. like, that's that's a really good crazy. One. That was that was crazy. that was wild. It, it, the, it was just the 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 order that he did his dunks. If he knew yeah. beforehand that it was gonna last that long, because he just ran out of like True. dunks to do. He, he like, did. It was he did. it was. Unfortunate. And it's like, I mean, th- do we really care who wins the dunk contest? You just want to show. Like, yeah, we just, just want to show. That was that was that was the greatest dunk contest in history. I think. I mean. Oh, uh, undoubtedly. It undoubtedly. put Aaron Gordon on the map, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't highlight, even though this might not be any of our favorite moments, and most basketball fans, you know, go back and look at it like, you know, it was a negative moment. But, you know, one of the most, probably the most impactful thing that happened within this decade was the decision. Yeah. Right? And that, right. that changed the 
course of basketball history yeah. forever because now you the the, the, player, the player movement, movement yeah. that we have now that changed everything that changed everything and i mean even the tv special you know just changed yeah. how players and their and their perception you know like yeah. gets to control yeah. the narrative and then uh, I want to give love to uh, a player that you know gets forgotten a lot in these in these discussions. Marcus uh, Aldridge, Dame. I was gonna, Dame. <laughs> no, yeah, he's those had two some, shots. He's had, crazy. Yeah, he's had some great. Those ones. two shots were crazy. He's had some great ones. So, um, no doubt. Yeah. Is that all for the moments? Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, basketball this decade has really, run. Been, has really been crazy. Crazy. Next decade, and Luca, Giannis, what's going to happen? John, we, got a, we got a championship in this decade, mm. as always. Yeah, I, I, I was going to count that, but like, I was like, that's really, that's not yeah. this decade. It I is. I mean, it's you like, said that, you said the decision. It's technically True. this decade, but it's like, Ah, it's the 2019. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I remember that Lakers championship, you're pretty well just watching the finals. I was in Guatemala. Fun really? Fact. Wow. And then... After the after the buzzer went off, they took they they took off the game and I was sad. You know? <laughs> they just yeah. cut. The but I did go to the Laker parade. Oh, that's yeah. cool. It's crazy. Going to the parades got to be up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going to the Warriors parades. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of Hoop and Holler. As always, catch us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and now on video on YouTube as well. Check out our Medium blog, Square One Media, and uh, Julio's blog, Sports Talk: The Countdown. Um, Reagan, I know you want to talk about what we have going forward. Yeah, so some pretty exciting stuff. Obviously, Eddie just mentioned the uh, video element. So. That camera right there, we're going to be using that to record uh, our podcast. So, you know, obviously not everyone has the time to go and listen through what, what usually ends up being about an hour of podcasting. So, you know, I'm going to, you know, use this to condense the clips into the shorter segments of our conversations, post those on YouTube. So it's a little bit more of a, a different for, way for you guys to consume that. Um, Probably a better so, way. Too. Yeah, it, 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 I wouldn't consider it better or worse. Just it's a just different, different one. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so make sure you go subscribe to the Square One YouTube channel. I'm coming with that in 2020. Um, we'll be with you all throughout next year through the All-Star break and the playoffs, draft, free agency. We're going to keep up with all of those things. We're going to be scouting guys. We're going to be, you know, predicting movement. Um, so stay tuned for all of that. I just want to thank you all so much for, you know, it means a lot to all of us, I think. I think I speak for all of us when I say that, that it means yeah. a lot that even, you know, we have we have about 50 views on, on our podcast generally. And, and the fact that, you know, even 50 people would want to listen to us every week and, and hear what we have to say on Basketball Matters, it means a lot. You know, and, and I thought I would exactly. have gotten and, and the, it. The, the feedback that we get from you guys, whether it's Hilton at our, at, our, uh, mm-hmm. at our dorm or, you know, my friends from back home or other places, it's just like, you know, it means a lot that you guys tune in and really want to listen to us talk basketball because that that's ultimately what we all want to do. Yeah. Um, so to, for, for you guys to support us in that way, it means so much. So I, we, we all thank you for that. Um, and we thank you for sticking with us. And, you know, ooh, we, we do this, you know, because we love it. And we also do it for y'all because we yeah. want you guys to, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy this. And we want to share that with y'all. So yeah. very much appreciated. It's a, it's a blessing. And speaking about our written media, um, if you are still unaware, by the way, Hoop and Holler is part of this larger publication idea that Reagan and I, Reagan and I started over the summer called Square One Media. And that um, we put all of our stuff on Medium. It's a um, it's a publication site. So next year we're focusing, or at least I'm focusing, on producing more written stuff out. So please be sure to check that out. Especially now we have Julio on board putting his own uh, sports blog stuff on there as well. Um, so of course, again, what Reagan said. Thanks to everyone who tuned in and supported us. And we really look forward to hearing from you guys again and producing more content in 2020. Yes, sir. Uh, just shout out my friends, um, Jay, you know, Ricky, Louie, uh, you know, everybody, Aaron, um, just everybody that, you know, gives us a listen. It means a lot. Um, and 
as an aspiring, you know, you know, sports analyst, sports broadcaster, you know, I, it's just a way to have fun, especially in a time when, in an environment where, you know, academics is, you know, a lot of pressure sometimes. And I mean, it, it's a good way to, you know, I have fun with you guys to, mm-hmm. um, you know, get, get stuff off your chest and, you know, argue about stuff in sports and it's mm-hmm. it's all love and uh, we really do appreciate it and you're gonna want to be here for for to listen during all-star break yes sir we're gonna do uh all-time drafts oh yeah. um, that's gonna be exciting so um just just stay tuned i, I promise we don't play y'all it, it's good content so um yeah all right thank awesome. you guys so much